again and let's just clear up as we do at the start of each podcast now anything that may have cropped up in the last one that we wanted answers for and really the only big issue that we had was what was Andrew O'Connor in? Andrew O'Connor of course being I believe the son of Tom O'Connor. That's right. He's been in a lot of stuff actually more than you might have thought. Copycats with Gary Wilmot and Bobby Davro. Gary Wilmot not a name you hear often enough in my opinion especially since the cancellation of Showstoppers his early Saturday night show. He also did number 73. And was that the kids TV Saturday morning thing? That's right. With the guy who was in Art Attack. Neil Buchanan. Buchanan. Yep. Who did every kids TV show. Um, he was also in On the Waterfront. On a Neil Buchanan connection, he was also in the first series of Art Attack as the head, basically the statue, the, the bust. The thing that was that in spoke. the museum. Yeah, that's right. Got. In following series, they replaced him with a puppet. Unfortunate when he can't even cut it as a stone head. No. It was also in Chain Letters and Talk About, and has recently done a film with, uh, called Magicians with Mitchell and Webb. And I believe he owns a production company that does the Darren Brown stuff. So he's actually been a busy boy, really. But a busy boy. For considering that up till about a month ago, we considered him all but dead. Which makes me think, what do celebrities get up to when they're no longer in the public eye? There is a tendency, as we've displayed on many occasions, to believe that once they're out of the public eye, they have ceased to live. Already, in the last few episodes, we've mistaken Madge from Neighbours for being dead. Gordon Kay for being dead. Zach from Saved Save by, by the Bell for being dead. Bob Holness. Bob Holness, very much still alive and kicking. And the Crankies. The Crankies, yeah. we yeah. didn't think we were dead, did we? We just suspected them of sexual deviancy. But again, what are they up to nowadays? One of them could be dead. The other one might not be. Frankly, I think it's safe to assume that they're both happily living in Scotland. I think the act doesn't really work, though, if there's only one of them. If they remarried, you know, would he again deliberately pick a woman that looks like a prepubescent boy? I don't know what I, what I want to happen. <laughs> um, it, it, I don't know what he would do. Which do you put most value on? The continuation of the Crankies as an act, say for Panto or Freak Observation, or the value of a man's sanity in picking what is basically a normal wife. He's put up with a lot over the years, surely. Panto act. Speaking of Pantos, yeah. last year we drew fairly, you know, not massive names, but big-ish names. What's it? Goes out with who uh, was in Hearsay. Darren Day. Darren Day was in the Derby Panto, as was the big fella from Heidi High. Whatever his name Paul is. Paul Shane. That's it. Glad we cleared that one up. Paul Shane was in it. This year, however, we got Gary Wilmot in it. I've completely forgotten that. <laughs> Serendipity. Yeah, we have Gary Wilmot as Captain Hook, the Asian woman from the Thin Blue Line who played Constable Habib. What, in the Panto? No. <laughs> There was the, the one of the guys from 911, not the one who was in Upper Street, another one. Are they still going? Have they given up I the ghost? They, I hope they've given up the ghost. But it, it said his name, but then it had to put underneath it from 911. And I still didn't know who he was. So even after explanation of who he was, I was still none the wiser as to his <laughs> celebrity credentials. I can just about remember one of them who wasn't in Upper Street, and he looked like a young Michael J. Fox. I know that's a really odd thing to say because Michael J. Fox has always looked young and will always look young, True. even when he's dead. 
He's not dead, is he? Michael J. Fox has got what I like to call Suggs Syndrome. What's that? <laughs> they never appear to age. Suggs is the same age. <laughs> he looks exactly it. as he does on like, an album cover from Madness from 1982. <laughs> is that when they were around? <laughs> yeah. Madness did the main song for the film The Tall Guy with Jeff Goldblum and Rowan Atkinson. Yes. And Emma Thompson. Yes. Isn't Jeff Goldblum like eight foot tall in it or something? He's massive. Hence the tall guy names the film. <laughs> He's not done much lately either, has he? No. What was the last thing he was in? I think Macaulay Culkin's brother was yeah. a tearaway kid and Jeff Goldblum took him in. I, I, is, I this, is this what happened or is this the film? Yeah. Because I imagine the lives of celebrities to be like an elaborate soap opera. Well, it could be, couldn't it? I mean, that could be what they get up to. After they finish, going back to Pantos again, I bumped into Simbad from Brookside. Did he, you fall it, over afterwards? <laughs> the point is, what's his real name? He is Simbad, isn't he? And if he's not appearing in Panto, I bet he's cleaning windows or getting up to some other japes. Some other jape, yeah. I can't imagine a man like that having to go back to, I don't know, working down the local builder's yard. Like Jeffrey from Rainbow. He's, what, in Tesco or something, or B&Q? He was spotted window cleaning, wasn't he? Window cleaning? Yeah. Was it trolley pushing? Something like that. But anyway, it's something that surely he can get on some Zedless celebrity show. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Sid Little. Sid Little was on the first series of Channel 5's Trust Me, I'm a Holiday Rep. How can you mistake Sid Little for Jeffrey from Rainbow? Because I was only focusing on the sort of lankiness and the grey hair. Who's Sid Little, then? Sid Little is of Little and Large. You know what? I've made the same mistake as you. He was in your <laughs> panto this year as well. We should get Gary Wilmot and Sid Little together. Wilmot and Little, one night only. Why was Little and Large called Little and Large? Well, Sid Little's last name was obviously Little. And the other bloke, Eddie Large. I don't know if it was his real name... But he was a large bloke. What happened to Cannon and Ball? I've got a memory of seeing one of them on Shooting Stars about 15 years ago. And that's, again, could be dead, maybe not. I've got to admire Tommy Cannon's, I think that's the one, integrity in sticking to his tash and perm look. Ah, that's Bobby Ball. Is it Bobby Ball? Yeah. One of them, yeah. Here's a Bobby Ball story. Bobby Ball has had Sunday dinner at my auntie's house with her... (laughs) And my granddad. How did that come about? He'd come to do a performance at their town and were renting property from my auntie who'd got a flat there. Right. Having said that, when she met him again, again is the the operative word there, because she'd met him before in a nightclub in the 60s. (laughs) She said, you don't remember me, do you? And he was like, no. And she said, I turned you down when you tried to pull me in a nightclub. (laughs) What a claim to fame <laughs> that you knocked back Bobby Ball. Someone but then invited, invited him around for Sunday dinner yeah. about 30 And here's what he could have won. <laughs> I love little stories of people brushing past celebrities before they were quite big. Someone I used to work with, she turned down Seb Coe. Really? When she was younger. And now she really regrets it because obviously she could be... Lady, whatever, co. If you regretted it, you're going to struggle to chase after him, aren't you? Especially if there's any hurdles around in the way. Did he hurdle? No. I don't know. I know he run fast and got Olympics, and that's about it. <laughs> he got Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> the sports literate Andrew Melody speaking out loud. As we have mentioned earlier, the Jeffrey from Rainbow working pushing trolleys. Yeah. He could do better than that. Surely he hasn't got to make a living doing a what would be considered normal job. Someone, somewhere, surely wants some swimming baths opened. Just appearing at student parties. 
it's going to bring him a better living, surely, than you can get on minimum wage pushing trolleys around. I think that um, Timmy Mallet makes an excellent living out of touring the universities. He went to a local club in Derby a couple of years ago. Did he? And I saw him, and one of the first things he did when he came out on stage, he shouted Transformers, and the whole of the audience replied back, Robots in Disguise. <laughs> and I think that's an age thing. He's, he's only got a limited lifespan on the student circuit. I would argue that nowadays you're pushing it to get people that are going to be old enough to remember Timmy Mallet in his heyday at university still. I suppose I can only really barely remember Wackaday myself. Timmy Mallet invented health and safety policy. In the first series of Wackaday, he would bash people on the head with a, a soft mallet. Yes. By the second series, he wasn't allowed to do that anymore. And he had a little machine that he would hit and it would mechanically count up how many times he'd hit it. But then at the end, he'd still put the plaster on them for being hit. I forgot he put plasters on people. Is that health and safety gone That's mad? Well, that's madness creating health and safety, really. But I think he got complaints. Is that why he brought in the little mallet that talked to him? Because it was smaller and wouldn't hurt them so much, maybe. He still didn't hit anyone with it, though. I think, I think it was hit. because kids were imitating it. In a similar vein to the way that they cancelled the tango adverts, where the people were... Again, I've forgotten about smashing that. ...smashing their faces. You've been tangoed. You've been tangoed. You've got burst eardrums. <laughs> it's a lot for a practical joke, isn't it? <laughs> so many reference points that I'm becoming increasingly aware that I am probably the last of this generation that remembers them. 18-year-olds don't get the final countdown. They're actually too young to remember the remix of the final countdown <laughs> for the turn of the millennium. Which, again, was pretty rubbish. It was terrible. Disappoint. Could have been so good. Could have been so good. I just enjoyed the B-side. Was that the original Final Town? <laughs> it was indeed. <laughs> so, surely we can take what we've learned of ageing popular icons that disappear. Could we bring them back in a reality TV? Because there's enough reality TV out there now. There's a niche for it somewhere. Well, if you consider the fact that a lot of the reality TV shows have people in them that aren't really celebrities because they're scraping the barrel. Yeah, I would rather see Jeffrey from Rainbow, admittedly barely on the celebrity radar, than someone who isn't a celebrity but is the son of or the girlfriend of. Carol Thatcher isn't really a celebrity. Pierce Brosnan's son. Pierce Brosnan's son, who looks like Pierce Brosnan, yet is ugly. He's a bit of an oaf, isn't he? He's a bit I, of a meat face. I didn't watch um, the second series of Love Island. It, and that's another indication. They had to drop celebrity from the title because they really knew they couldn't cut it. I don't think I knew anyone on that. There was the guy from Boyzo, Shane Lynch. He was in it. George Best lad. Dennis Rodman turned up. No. Hot off the heels after doing Celebrity Big Brother that year. Yep, he was in it. And Bomhead from Hollyoaks. Didn't like the way he was talking to some of the women, and so he had a go. Little Bombhead having a go at Dennis Rodman, who could have, in theory, simply stepped on him. <laughs> yeah. I don't like him anymore. I was in a, in a bar in York, and Bombhead was in there with a bunch of mates. He looked a little bit intimidated by people saying, Hey, that's Bombhead! <laughs> hey, you're Bombhead, aren't you? Similarly, on the last series of Trust Me, I'm a Holiday Rep, Noel from Hearsay was in it. There was one night he had to take him out on the bar crawl round and they were doing karaoke and he was dreading hordes of drunken lads sort of going, there's a bloke from Mersey. And they were just singing pure and simple at him. Did he not think that that was going to happen if he put himself in the situation where he was surrounded by drunken people in Falaraki? In this period of bands reforming, getting new deals, doing new albums, 
what kind of bands would you like to see merging together? There's this Sugar Babes, Girls Aloud merging. What about Hearsay and Steps forming? The ultimate boy-girl pop combo. Yeah. But are you not forgetting um, All-Stars? All-Stars. They were like Steps wannabes, weren't they? And one of their members ended up in Hollyoaks. He was in Hollyoaks beforehand, though, wasn't he? What goes around comes around. Then he went off and did Star Street, which I believe was the programme that All-Stars sprang from. Then he went back to Hollyoaks. Star Street didn't really have the same impact as Miami South. (laughs) (laughs) North and South. What I was thinking was Miami 7, which was obviously the first The S-Club first Seven, S-Club 7 show. Yeah. And then they did LA 7. Uh, yeah. I never really liked S Club 7. I did like Steps. Is that strange that I liked 1? Maybe S Club 7 took it too far. I always thought 7 was a little excessive, especially when there's only one of them that's really singing still. Old Trapjaw, who's now obviously well in the public eye for lots of different reasons. A variety of reasons, yeah. I can't believe He-Man characters would cross over from Eternia into pop acts. Are there any other He-Man characters that could be legitimate pop acts? I bet Teela could get just a novelty thing. In fact, she's very close to uh, being the Ukrainian winner of Eurovision a few years ago. Wasn't Teela in Mystique? Licking on both sides. Really? Yeah. Was one of them called Teela? No. Are Are you pulling my leg? I am leg pulling. Good. Another a pop act that didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but just fell out of the public consciousness. The one with the really strange rap voice, she's got her own act now, like a solo act. I want him to sound like that. That's not really how she sounds. <laughs> That's terrible impressions. <laughs> but I could tell which one you meant. I know which one, because she's you the one. You know what I want to sing with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was also... The dancer in the video for N.E.R.D.'s She Likes to Move. Nerd. I nearly said Will Ferrell. Ferrell Williams. Will Ferrell or Pharrell Williams. Will Ferrell. Robbie Williams or Pharrell Williams. Robbie Williams. Robin Williams or Robbie Williams. Robin Williams. Robbie Williams at his most annoying or Robin Williams at his most annoying hyperactive I'll crowbar in as many silly voices as I can. Robbie Williams. I know what I'm beat. Considering who was in I'm a Celebrity this year. I'm a Celebrity this year. Next year I'm I'm not. (laughs) That was probably a more accurate title for the programme. Did anyone take you by surprise as being in it or qualified to be in it? Because I didn't know a huge amount of the people that were in it. Is it Fina? Now, maybe it's just the fact that I've never watched Footballers Wives means that I don't know who she is. But I don't know who she is. I think some of the celebrities that were in there, I watched a few episodes, even said... After her telling them who they who she was, they still didn't know who she was. Here's a question for you. Where does the line of famous for being famous stop you being a celebrity? I'll explain. Okay, you've got Jay Goody, who is famous for being in Big Brother previously, and then hence qualifies to be in Celebrity Big Brother. Yep. You've got David Guest, who effectively is just a showbiz it person, has Michael Jackson around for dinner kind of guy. Yep. He qualifies for being famous for being famous. Yeah. But what's the difference? Essentially, it's still being famous it, it's for famous. being famous. I think the, the difference is that whereas Jade Goody became famous in the public eye, for she was still famous for being Jade Goody. She was never anything other than what she was when she rose to initial fame. Since then, has capitalised on it by doing various other things and has now probably fallen from grace somewhat. You live by a big brother, hopefully die by a big brother. <laughs> but David Guest, 
he was just, I suppose, doing his job. And he works in a, in a business where he will naturally associate himself and be surrounded by famous and rich people. Mm. Uh, but then, for me, he became famous by being, what's the Liza name? Minnelli. Liza Minnelli's new husband. Yeah. And it just so happens that because of the job in which he worked, he mixed in circles that allowed him to meet Liza Minnelli. For me, they're interchangeable. David Guest and Liza Minnelli. He could, he could replace one with the other, and I wouldn't notice the other had left the room. <laughs> Not unless I was paying a lot of attention to it. Only when David Guest starts doing a song and dance routine do you know that he's not really cut out for cabaret. I'd hate to see him in tights and a bowler hat trying to be sexy. I didn't like seeing Liza Minnelli doing it in the first place. No. That would be shocking. You are the producer of a reality TV show. Yep. You have limited time and limited budget to get celebrities in. Right. Who are your top five? I think Jeffrey from Rainbow gets in it straight away. Jeffrey from Rainbow. Because that's he's sort of the standard we've established. Rod, Jane and Freddie from Rainbow. The bloke who is inside Bungle from Rainbow. Nailed it. There we go. Ultimate that's it, reality five. show. Basically an episode of Rainbow. Yep. Did they bring Rainbow back a few years ago? Well, we'll put that one on the ledger. Rainbow. Rainbow brought back or not. In which case, that might answer our second question, which is, what's Jeffrey up to nowadays? Yeah, it'll, it'll cover that whole thing nicely. And that, something's just occurred to me. As we've meant, touched upon earlier, there was a, there's a spate of bands reforming at the moment. Yeah. Is it a good idea for something of classic TV shows maybe to regroup and come back? Because with this massive influx of reality TV, which could account for the drop-off in public consciousness of actual talented people. They've got nothing to do. They don't necessarily want to make a fool of themselves on reality TV. There aren't a lot of what traditional programmes around anymore. No. Is it all linked? So do we need to bring back some classic TV shows? Not necessarily Rainbow, but if, just say, you had a way of convincing the Pythons to get back together to write some new material, is it worth the risk of it being rubbish? Not when one of them's dead. Is that too similar to Queen carrying on with the bloke out of the other band singing? Yeah, that's a daft idea. Okay, not using that example then. Something else. Brushstrokes. Um, <laughs> Brushstrokes. Yeah, that would be a good one. Tomo? Jacko. That was his name. Jacko in Brushstrokes. Yeah. Makes me think, actually, if you were going to have this limited budget to make a reality TV show, could you get together classic people from the adverts so he's obviously doing the um, Flash Flash adverts. adverts. And you could get Barry Bethel from Slim <laughs> Barry Fast. Barry Bethel. Um, Barry Scott of Silic Bang fame. Nadine Baggett. Who's that? She really irritates me. She's like a a beauty expert. And she's on a, a, an Olay, an Oil of Olay advert. Oil of Olay. Yeah. Keep it what it is. But she's on that and she's trying to sell almost that she's the one that's discovered the ingredients. She's like, hi, I'm Nadine Baggett. I've discovered that pentapeptides are the hottest anti-aging cream around. You haven't discovered that. You've just been told by Olay to say that you like it. Don't try and pass yourself off as the scientist. You didn't even write the script. Leave it. But yeah, so you've got Barry Scott, Mulberry. Mulberry? Mulberry. Who's Mulberry? Jacko out of Brushstrokes. His series after that was called Mulberry. I don't which, remember that. Which in itself, I think, is a bit of a conceptual nightmare. He was a butler in a stately home or something similar, or a gardener maybe. Okay. And for some strange reason, his father was death and his mother was spring. Not death. No, death. 
the sort of bloke you'd see with a black hood and a scythe. That's weird. I don't know. I never watched it enough, and I was probably only about, I don't know, 12 when it was on, so I wasn't really into sitcoms a huge amount. Your idea of the ultimate sitcom was the British Empire. <laughs> no. Similar. I think you'll find it was A Prince Among Men. Was A Prince Among Men Chris Barry's Mulberry? Yes. I do find it amusing to think of someone who's been in very successful sitcoms who maybe turned down the opportunity to be in further issues of that sitcom in order to branch off and do something new because they don't want to get typecast. When in reality, being typecast was probably the positive that you would hope to, you know, from the situation. Yeah. Chris Barry, you're going to be typecast as Rimmer forever or Gordon Brittas. Don't break away as a Scouse ex-footballer in a rubbish sitcom. I think he was hoping to get typecast as the butler from Lara Croft. Of course he was in that as well, wasn't he? That's a series that died a death. Angelina Jolie, is she too famous to do another Lara Croft film? Hopefully she's too smart to do another Lara Croft film. Because I've only seen the first one, but it was rubbish. And generally, sequels to that sort of film are even more rubbish. Have you seen the second yeah, one? Yeah, it was rubbish. We cleared that up. I validated your opinion there. So, if anything, I hope they don't do another Lara Croft film. Yes. I hope she appears next year in Panto as that woman from Lara Croft. What they could do, now that Celebrity Big Brother's finished, is Shilpa, who's claimed to be the Indian Angelina Jolie, could be Lara Croft's nemesis in the third film, and Dirk Benedict could be Lara Croft's dad's best mate. <laughs> Him and Leslie Phillips. Yeah. Lara, Lara Croft and the men cruising for Poontang. <laughs> this Poontang, a small village in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Can Celebrity Big Brother actually make a career? Has it done so for Chantel? I think with all Big Brothers... There's a blip of fame afterwards. And unless you're very careful, that really soon fades. A bit like Big Brothers. I haven't seen many episodes of uh, Princess Nikki lately, for example. And again, Chantel's living the dream has fallen off the airwaves pretty quickly. So for the people going to Big Brother hoping to find fame, it generally doesn't last. Generally, the people going into Celebrity Big Brother are on the way down the slope. True. And it doesn't really ever succeed in the long term. Can they meet in the middle? Isn't that A1? That's caught, caught in, in the middle. middle. Should they yeah. reform? Yes. When, when, how, this reformation of bands again, how far do you want to take this? Because obviously, take that's the pinnacle of it. Unless you're going to get something like the Beatles to reform, which, let's face it, you're only going to have off an act there, aren't you? So it is going to be an actual miracle. Pointless. Yeah. So... Take that's your your pinnacle of reforming pop acts. Yeah. Okay. And I'm glad they were the first to properly do it as well. That prompted five to have a go. And now you're thinking of steps. Well, you are. I'm I'm seldom not, really. (laughs) Sometimes I wake up in the night still in tears. I mean, how far down this ladder do you want to go? Obviously, A1's the next down on the run. Yeah, that's true. All Saints, they've done it. They've done it. And their album got to something like number 70. It was outsold by the bloke who lost last year's X Factor. Andy Abraham. You could have a reality show of a pop talent show of people that failed pop talent shows. I mean, Darius himself was a failed pop talent show contestant, then entered a new one, still failed that, but ended up releasing a couple of albums. 
Again, Newcastle him as a failed act. Now, could he go back on to one of these shows in an attempt to win it and claw out a third album? I'd like to see him on it because I found him something of an enigmatic character. I genuinely believe his mother was grooming him and his brother to be Bond villains <laughs> because he's called Darius and his brother is called Cyrus. What was she thinking? Maybe we should write into the Bond producers and request that for the next film. That's a reality TV show that I would love to have seen. What? The actual fly on the wall documentary of watching them pick the next Bond. Yes. What did they actually consider? Why did they go for Craig and not Owen? He turned it down, according to him. I heard that they they had it down to four people. And it was Owen Craig, Croatian doctor from ER. The guy from Nip Tuck. The one who used to be married to Danny Minogue. Yes. Really? Yeah. I don't want him as Bond. Well, you don't have to have him as Bond. I don't want him as Bond. You don't have to have him. Oh, good. We agree. Famously, the film Lost in Translation is based on Sean Connery sneaking off to Japan and doing a series of adverts for a Japanese whiskey. Really? To cash in. But because it was in Japan, he thought no one else in the other in the world would really see it. I think Harrison Ford has done the same. You know, you'd never ever get Sean Connery or Harrison Ford doing adverts in the Western world or Western cinema, would you? No. So in itself, Sean Connery in Japan is something of a Barry Bethel. The ultimate classic advert guy. Yes. Barry Bethel, Barry Scott, Nadine Baggett, Mulberry. Bond. I can now reveal the public vote says Nadine Baggett's got. 